0: You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. With all that being said, I need to get into this word for tonight about the word because um, it's a good one. And I need to know, did anybody come ready for the word tonight? Anybody come with a physical Bible tonight? Uh-oh. I see some physical Bibles. Oh, my goodness. That's what I'm talking about. Well, if you came ready, um, we're going to be continuing in week three, not two, week three of our series Word. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm ready for some Word. I'm ready for some Word. Now, um, if you haven't been here yet, what are we talking about? We're spending... We spent the last two weeks, we're going to spend tonight and next week, this whole month, talking about this thing. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of central to being a Christian. It's kind of a big deal if you want to know who God is or be in relationship with him. Uh, It's this thing called the Bible. You may have heard about it before. Anybody heard of the Bible before? Okay, that's good. That's good you've heard of it. Um, So we're talking about the Bible. We're talking all about the Bible. And I need to know... Is there anybody in here who's learned something new so far in this series? Let me know. Show me, your, show me your hand. Man, it's been a good series so far. I hope you've been, my hope and my prayer is that you're, you're learning something fresh and new about God's word. But if you're joining us tonight for the first time, we, we're spending this month talking about the Bible. We're talking about the what? The Bible. Oh, no. no. Well, that was good. I, I was going to tell you, we're talking about the what, the why, and the how. Oh. <laughs> but y'all are ready. Man. Oh, that just blessed my heart. You guys are leaning in. No, 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 no. We're talking about the what, the how, and the why of the Bible. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, We're talking about how, uh, you know, it's not just a book. It's not just some old book that for most homes in America is just collecting dust on a shelf somewhere. But it's so much more than that. It's living. Yeah. This book is living. It's active. It's alive. It's it's a tool that you can use. It's a gift that God's given to us so that we don't have to just go through life like guessing what he's like and figuring out how, how to be in a relationship with him. No, he, he was like, here's my gift to you. This is exactly what I'm like. This is exactly how you get to know me. So it's a gift. Um, but even though um, the Bible contains like this kind of power, it's like really powerful. It can change your life. Um, For a lot of people, it's a stumbling block or it's like a point of confusion or it's like something that they just can't understand. And so we're talking about the Bible because I believe at New Song students, I firmly believe every single one of you guys can become what we talked about in week one, a student of the word of God. And I believe all of you in this season of your life, you can fall in love with God's word. You know, I grew up in church like many of you and I knew about God's word, and I kind of knew it was important. Um, but if I'm being honest, I didn't love God's word. Like, I thought it was good, and I knew it was important for my life, but I didn't love it until I fell in love with God's word. And I want, I want every single one of you guys to fall in love with the word of God because I believe it can change your life. And so, last week, or week one, we talked about becoming a student of the word. Last week, we went deep, y'all. Who learned something last week? We, we went deep. We talked like about the what of the Bible, Bible 101. We talked about the history of the Bible. We talked about why it's a book that you can rely and you can trust, even though it's this ancient book and society today would be like, how can you trust that? It's so old. It's something that is trusted. It was, it stood the test of time. It's the most hated book in the world. And yet it's still here today. Strong, right? It's something you can trust. And so we talked about that last week. If you didn't hear any of the messages up to this point, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. Whoever checks out the podcast every now and then. I know some of y'all do. That's what I'm talking about. Well, tonight, I've got a fresh one for you. So if you're following along with a physical Bible, all my physical Bible people, uh, you can turn to Luke chapter eight. If you're taking notes with your phone or following along with me, um, you can type that in on your notes, Luke chapter eight. Uh, Tonight, What I want to spend some time talking about is a disconnect. Everybody say disconnect. Disconnect. I want to talk about a disconnect. What kind of disconnect am I talking about? Well, I want to talk about the disconnection between the power uh, that God's word has in your life. So, like, you know, we talked about all of the things just now that the Bible claims it is. It's powerful and it can change your life. And I 100% agree with that. But... There's times, though, where we can be in the word or read the word or a person could hear the word their entire life and not experience the power of the word. And so what I want to talk about is the disconnection. Why do we disconnect from the promises that God's word has for us and actually experiencing it for ourselves? Because like I said, the Bible claims to be a lot of different things, like it's compared to different things in the world. For instance, it's referred to as you've probably heard this before a lamp unto your feet, and a light to your path. You've heard that before? So what does that mean? The Bible is, it has the power to guide your life. Like if you get in the word, if you read the word, if you study the word, if you meditate on the word, it actually has the power to guide your life. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, the Bible is also referred to as a sword. Shink, shink. A sword of the spirit. So what does that mean? The Bible is a weapon. It's a weapon against the enemy. You know you all have an enemy? And he doesn't want you to experience the, the plans that God has for you. So what do we use? Well, God gave us the Bible. It's the sword of the spirit. The Bible is a bunch of things. It's, it's something that it says it can renew your mind. Oh, wow. So like you can have like bad thoughts. You could have a mental illness. And you know the word actually has the power to renew your mind. Like I believe that. So are you seeing where I'm going with this? Like there's so many different promises and claims about how powerful God's word is, but sometimes we don't experience that. Sometimes we don't experience it. Like you could be somebody who reads the word every day and not experience those things. Why is that? Or you could be somebody who grew up in church your whole life, and you don't feel spiritually strong or mentally strong, or you don't know where God's taking you. Why is that? So that's what I want to talk about tonight, the disconnect. Somebody say the disconnect. The disconnect. And in Luke chapter 8... Jesus tells us, he talks about this disconnect, so we're going we're gonna to learn about it right here. So I'm going to read it to you. You can follow along with me on the screen, or if, you're in, if you've got your Bible, you can follow along with me. Here's what it says. It says, one day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable, somebody say parable, parable. to a large crowd that gathered from many towns to hear him. So this is Jesus telling the parable. He says, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered the seed across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died because it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plant. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. Somebody said good soil. This seed, this good seed, the good soil, it, uh, it grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times, that's pretty good, a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out anyone with ears to hear, should listen, and understand. Okay, if you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is Guarding Soil, Gar- not Garden Soil guarding soil. Everybody say guarding soil. soil. Okay, before we get into this, let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for every single student in this room and, and what we're about to learn about your word. God, I pray that you would reveal something new to us tonight, and I thank you that your word says in here that it is a seed that can produce a hundredfold in our life, that it's something powerful. So God, help us to experience that growth. We want to see that growth in our life and we want to fall in love with your word. I pray that you would help us to do that tonight. Every single one of us, whether that's in this message or whether that's in small group after service, help us to fall in love with your word. In Jesus' name and everybody said amen. Amen. Everybody said amen, okay. All right, so. In this passage, we've got Jesus, and he's teaching um, this pretty awesome TED Talk with all these people, and it's about this very intriguing thing. He's teaching them about farming. He's teaching these people proper seeding technique. So he's like, hey, yo, come here. He gathers this this big crowd, and he just starts talking about where to properly throw your seed. It's kind of weird, right? Like people are coming to hear Jesus and he just starts talking about farming, right? It's like it's like the, the people after this are like, hey, have you ever heard that Jesus guy teach? He's got some pretty insightful stuff on seeds. You should check him out if you got time. Like he's gonna be in Jerusalem later. I bet he's gonna talk about some real good gardening techniques. Jesus is a good gardener. But how many of you know? How many of you know? Jesus, obviously, he's not gathering the masses to teach them a farming lesson, correct? correct? Right? Like Jesus isn't, he's not gathering people to give them a bunch of really cool farming tips and, this, and then just leave, right? He's trying to teach something specific. Now what he's doing, it actually says it at the very beginning of that passage. He's, do, he's using a tool, like a speaking technique called a parable. You've probably heard of a parable before in church. Say parable. parable. What's a parable? Well, a parable is, um, it's an earthly story but it's an earthly story that contains kingdom truth. So what Jesus is doing is he's taking something that he knows everybody in the crowd really understands at this time in culture, which is what? Come on, somebody help me out. Farming, that's right. So Jesus takes something that they really understand, farming, to use it to help them understand something that they don't understand, which is the kingdom of God. It's kind of like this, you know, sometimes we think of a parable being the same thing as an illustration. You ever heard like a pastor or a teacher use an illustration? Sometimes we think they're the same thing, but they're actually different. I want to show you. So an illustration is something that like, you know, I might use or a pastor or a teacher might use um, to help help communicate a point that they've already made by connecting it to something that we all maybe deal with or have done before. So, for instance, a couple weekends ago. One of our worship pastors, Pastor David, he preached a super good word on the weekends on prayer. Who was able to hear that word? Man, it was so good. If you, if you weren't there, David used a really cool illustration in his message. So he's talking about prayer, and he's talking about waiting prayer. like Because sometimes when we pray, the answer doesn't just come right when we pray, right? So we have to wait. And the Bible talks about waiting on the Lord but waiting on the Lord's different than like waiting in line to, for, your, for your chicken sandwich, right? At Chick-fil-A, you're not just sitting there doing nothing. Waiting on the Lord is different. It actually looks like you continuing to rep out prayers even when it doesn't feel like it. So, and if you remember in that message, David talked about that. And then he used an illustration to help communicate even better. So he, he had a bunch of weights up here. He had a barbell with some weights on it and a bench. And he, if you were there, invited random dudes in the service to come up, sit on that bench in front of hundreds of people, and just start repping out bench presses. And he's just like letting them go until their arms start to shake. And I was like, oh my gosh, please don't drop that barbell on your neck. But he did that to illustrate this point. When we're waiting on the Lord, it doesn't look like we're just sitting around doing nothing. What we're doing is every time we're repping out a prayer, what's actually happening is even when we don't see it happening, God's growing us. He's growing our spiritual muscles. He's making us stronger, and he's moving even when we don't see it happening. So David used that as an illustration, an analogy, to talk about a a point that he had already talked about. But check this out. That's different than a parable. Because a parable, Jesus didn't come out and say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to communicate to you, and here's how it relates to you. It relates like this with farming. He didn't do that. He just came up to these people and just started talking about farming. (laughs) Kind of weird, right? Like he didn't say, hey, this is what I'm trying to say to you. This is the kingdom of God. And it kind of works like this. No, he just came out and said, a man was throwing seeds out one day in a field and it fell among different, isn't that crazy? Could you imagine being there like, Jesus, what are you saying right now? Is Jesus crazy? People thought Jesus was crazy, but he wasn't, right? So he starts just talking about, farming technique and tips. And guess what? There are people that walked away after this teaching and they didn't know what he was talking about. How do I know that? Well, Because look at this next verse. His disciples didn't even know that. Look at this. His disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? They're like, dude, what are you talking about, Jesus? And he replied, this is really cool. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Whoa. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't see. When they hear, they won't really understand. So the disciples, they hear this parable and they know Jesus can't be talking about farming. Like he's got to be talking about something specific. So they do something that nobody else did. I want you to catch this. This is so good. They do something. It's so simple. Here's what they do. They ask Jesus. They just asked Jesus, what did you mean by this? They asked him, and Jesus did something really cool. He said something really deep. Look at his response. You're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom. Does anybody in this room, like me, want to know the secrets of the kingdom? Yeah, Yeah, I want to understand what what he's talking about is God's word. I want to understand God's word. Do you want to understand God's word? I hope so. Well, check this out. He looks at the disciples and he tells them, hey, you're allowed to understand what I just talked about. Why were they allowed to and nobody else? It's because they asked. They just asked Jesus. Why, you know, I think if we, if we think about this, we, it can kind of seem like Jesus is being a little unfair, right? Like why didn't Jesus just come out and be clear and be like, this is what I'm talking about. And here's a parable to tie it together. It's kind of weird how Jesus didn't just come out and say, this is what I'm trying to say. But I think what we actually find is God's heart, and it's this. He wants to connect with you. Like, Jesus would rather have you reach out and ask him for help than him just give you all the answers and let you run off and do your own thing. That is good. I'm going to say that again. He would rather you reach back and ask, hey, what does this mean? then him just tell you everything, give you everything as clear as day, and then you just run away and try and figure it out on your own. So check this out. Jesus, um, he knew that if he told things in parables, uh, there were only two options for people. Two options. Because they didn't make sense the first time you heard them. If Jesus told a parable, there's only two options. The first option is this. The people, which is this is what the crowd did, they can take what Jesus is saying and then they can assume what it means for their life, and then just run off and live with it, right? They can assume, and here's what assumptions do in relationship. They block connection. Assumptions block connection. It's kind of like this. Um, If you've got a best friend who's like always in a good mood, anybody got that friend who's just always in a good mood all the time? Haley, my wife, she's that person for me. Always in a good mood, and it makes me feel like I'm always in a bad mood, Um, but I'm not. But, but, If I just assume Haley's always in a good mood, but one day she's not in a good mood and I just don't see it because I'm like, well, she's always good. She's in a good mood. Or you do that to a friend. Doesn't that block connection? Like you guys aren't connecting if you're just like, oh, they're always good. I'm just assuming that they're always good, but they could not be good, right? It's the same thing when we take God's word and we just assume what it means for our life without actually asking asking Jesus what it means. It's kind of like this. I was reading this about, Uh, an author, talk about this specific passage, and he was talking about what the people in the crowd were probably thinking when they heard this. Listen to this. He says, if you don't understand the key to a parable, you don't understand it at all. Oof. We can imagine what the different people in Jesus's audience might have thought when he was teaching this parable with no explanation. So listen to this. The farmer in the audience thought He's probably telling me that I have to be more careful in the way I cast my seed. I guess I was uh, wasteful uh, an awful lot. Or the politician in the audience, he thought this. He's telling me I need to bring a farm education program to help farmers efficiently cast their seed. This would really be a big boost for my reelection campaign. <laughs> the newspaper reporter thought he's telling that, he's telling me that there's a big story about the bird problem and how there's how it's affecting farming communities. That's a great idea for a new newspaper series. The salesman thought he's encouraging me in my fertilizer sales. Why would I or why I could help a farmer more than he knows if he'd only buy my product? But check this out: none of them could understand the spiritual meaning until Jesus explained the key to them, or until they asked. Right? If they miss the key, you miss the whole parable. If you think the seed represents money you miss the parable. If you think the seed represents love, you miss the parable. If you think the seed represents hard work, you miss the parable. You can only understand if you understand the key. So here's an important truth, New Song students, that we need to know about God's word. We rob ourselves from a connection with God when we assume the meaning of his word. And I'm gonna say that again because y'all didn't get that. We rob ourselves from connecting with God when we get into his word or when we listen to a message, when we go ahead and assume what it means without first asking him. We rob a connection with God. You know, the crowd in that option or in, in that scenario, they had two options. The first is they could assume what Jesus meant, which is what most of them did, right? What's the second option? What the disciples did. They could ask, they could ask Jesus, hey, what do you mean by this parable? What are you trying to, what are you trying to tell me, Jesus, when you say that there's different types of soil? Uh, and this is why, you know, when they assumed it blocked connection with Jesus, this is why Jesus said, hey, when they saw, when they looked, they didn't really see what I was saying. When they heard, they didn't understand. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to understand God's word. Do you want to understand God's word? It starts with us connecting with him when we get in his word. It starts with a connection. And so what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is the four different types of soil. Jesus talks about four different types of soil that that seed fell into. And I want to talk about what each one of those is and how it relates to us connecting or not connecting with God's word. Y'all with me still? Okay. So the disciples, they asked Jesus, yo, Jesus what are you talking about? What does this mean? And then when they ask, guess what Jesus does? He tells them exactly what it means. So check this out. This is what he says. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. Somebody say, the seed is God's word. It's God's word. It's the Bible. It's God's word when you hear it in a message. It's God's word when you hear it On a podcast or on the weekends when Pastor Josh preaches, the seed is God's word. Okay, so we know the seed is God's word. What's the rest of the story? The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they're excited about it. They receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they face temptation. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message, or the, quickly hear the message, oops, sorry. I'm going to restart that at verse 14, because I lost my spot. Y'all cool with that? Yeah. Verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly The message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on the good soil, somebody say good soil. soil. The good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produced a huge harvest. I don't know about you, but I want a huge harvest. Anybody want a huge harvest? I want to understand God's word. I want to. I want to be good soil. So, Jesus explains to them the meaning of this parable and he says the seed is God's word and the soil is people. Really what the soil is is it's like different stages or states that our heart can be in. Different ways that we can come to the scripture and different ways that our heart is at when we receive the word. But before we get into those into those different stages, here's what I want you to see. This is crucial. Every seed that's thrown has the ability to grow into something, right? Every single seed that is thrown has the ability, ability to produce something. So check this out. If a, if a seed doesn't grow, is it the seeds problem or is it the soil's problem? Man, it's the soil's problem. It's not the seeds problem. If something doesn't grow, it's the type of soil that it landed in. And that's something really important for us to understand. You know, last year during lockdown, during quarantine, uh, Haley and I picked up a new hobby, which if you didn't pick up a new hobby during quarantine, you did not, you did not quarantine right. <laughs> did anybody pick up new random hobbies during that time? Like start sewing or something? Well, we, uh, Haley and I, we picked up a new hobby and that was we built a little garden in our backyard. And so um, we, like, bought wood to, like, build a little raised bed. And we built a fence around the garden. Uh, One of the things, though, that I thought was really interesting that I didn't know about gardening before we started was when you do research, like, I don't know, before we made our garden, I just thought, like, let's just go get some dirt, throw it in there. It'll be good. But you do research, and people will be like, soil is everything. And, in fact, most videos we watched... They were like, invest in the soil, like spend more money on the soil than you do building the actual, uh, building the actual raised bed, which we actually did. I was kind of blown away. I'm like, I'm spending money on dirt y'all. <laughs> but people were like, they were like, invest in the soil because the soil is the life of your garden. Soil's a big deal. Here's what Jesus is telling us in this parable. Soil's a big deal. We need to uh, invest in the soil. What's the soil? it's our heart. We need to invest in our soil. In fact, I think what Jesus is telling us in this parable is he's asking us to ask this question. Every time we come to the word, how's my heart doing? How's my heart? Like, do I really want to understand or am I just here to do this? Like, how's my heart? What state is is my heart in? This is interesting. You know what Jesus didn't say in this parable? He didn't say, Hey, when you see that a seed's not growing, here's what you need to do. Just throw a ton more seed on there. Like, oh, there's not, there's not stuff, something growing there? Just throw a bunch of seed on there, and then it'll grow. That's not what he said, right? Which I think is something we can tend to do when we don't see God's word growing in our life. You know, we're super blessed. We live in America. We all have a Bible, probably. If you don't, come to me after service, and we will get you a Bible right now. But we probably all have a Bible, We've got the whole book, and we live in a nation where we can read it whenever we want, however much we want to. Uh, but you know, um, sometimes we we have all of that power, but we're not experiencing anything, right? We have that ability to get in it whenever we want, and we're not experiencing anything. And we think, oh, I just need to read more, or I just need to I just need to spend more time in God's Word, and I actually don't necessarily think that's the case, because you know, I think if you were in a nation that the Bible was illegal and all you had was a single page from the word in your pocket and you pulled it out every day and you had a heart that was ready, a pure heart, a good soil, like like the Bible was talking about, I think you would see growth. So isn't that weird how sometimes we can have the whole Bible and not experience any growth? It's kind of crazy, right? It's kind of crazy. And we think, and we think like, oh, I just need to spend more time in God's word or I just need to find that perfect Bible reading plan that's going to make me finally fall in love with God's word. Or, or maybe if I read three chapters a day, that'll work. Or maybe if, I, maybe if I just read one verse and really think about it all day, that'll work. You see where I'm going with this? Like, the answer's not out there. It's right here. The, the issue's not with some Bible reading plan that's going to make you fall in love with God's word. God is saying, hey, how's your heart? Somebody say, how's my heart? How's my heart, the growth of God's word doesn't depend on the seed. It depends on the soil. It depends on the soil. So there's four different types of soil. I'm going to run through these really quickly. Um, and these are different states that our heart can be in when we come to God's word. The first one I want you to write these down. If you're taking notes is the footpath. Somebody say the footpath. The footpath. So I want to give you each one and then I'm going to give you like a little equation to help you see what happens when our heart is in this in this state. So this is what Jesus says about the footpath. He says, The seeds that fell on the footpath represent the those who hear the message, only to have the devil come in, take it away from their hearts, and prevent them from believing and being saved. Okay. So if you think about a footpath for a second, think about it. It's ground that's like walked on all the time, right? It's ground that's being trampled on in um, the soil. It's not like soft, fluffy soil. It's like hard. It's like a rock because you, you're walking on it constantly. So it's being compressed. So when that seed gets thrown on a footpath, what does it do? It just sits on top of the ground, right? It's just getting cooked by the sun and birds are coming in and they're starting to steal away the seeds. Here's what, here's what this heart represents. This type of soil represents a hard heart. It represents a hard heart. And who has a hard heart? Well, we see this type of heart represented in the people that are hearing the message, and they just walk away, right? They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said, hey, they, they saw, but they didn't see. They heard, but they didn't understand. And, and when we have hard hearts, and when we come to God's word with a hard heart, what happens is we lack understanding of what we're actually holding, Like we lack the understanding of like, this is something that can change me forever. And because of that, we don't give it any room to work in our lives. And, you know, I want to know, like how how do we get a hard heart? How do we get there? How do we find ourselves in a place like those people listening to Jesus where we have a hard heart? I think there's a million different ways why you could get there. And some of it's on our fault. Some of it's just because we weren't paying attention. But I think one of the ways that we get a hard heart is when we just let the, the things of this world or the, the ideas of this world just walk all over our heart all day long. And we just let the world walk on our heart and tell us what God's word is supposed to be for us and tell us who God is, and we just let it walk on our heart, and what happens? It becomes hard, and then this is what happens. This is the equation for a hard heart. It's this, God's word plus a hard heart equals no understanding. I want you to write that down if you're taking notes. God's word plus a hard heart equals no understanding. So we end up being those people that we could be in the word every single day, but our heart is hard. And so we walk away and we have no idea what kind of power we're reading. That's the first one, the wayside, the footpath. The second one is the rock. Everybody say the rock. This is what Jesus says. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. Okay, so w- when a seed falls into rocky soil, it actually produces something. Like it has the ability to produce a little green sprout. You ever been in kindergarten and you like put the seeds in the cups and you like see that little green sprout come out and you're like, oh, yay. This is what happens in, in rocky soil. Something sprouts. But it lacks moisture, and so what happens? It withers away, and it dies. So what does that mean? Well, there's this old theologian. His name's Charles Spurgeon. He's got a cool last name, Spurgeon. This is what he says about this, is what he says about this type of soil. There was something that they did not have in connection with this, the Spirit of God, who waters the Word. When we speak of spiritual dew, or like water, we refer to the operation of the Holy Spirit. When we talk, to, talk of the river of the water of life, we mean those sacred things which come streaming down from us from the throne of God through the working of the Spirit of God. So what am I, what am I talking about? Here's what I'm saying. How can I end up with a rocky, soil heart when I try to understand God's word without the Holy Spirit helping me? Or when I get into a habit of striving To understand God's word or working for God's word. I'm striving within my own strength. This is the equation for a rocky heart. God's word plus a striving heart equals no power. God's word plus a striving heart equals no power. So when we get into the habit in our relationship with God, where we're striving for his grace, or we're striving, maybe if I just read more, Maybe if I read every single day and don't take a break, then I'll understand it, or then I'll experience growth. And God's like, no, 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 no. Just invite the Holy Spirit to help you do it. And when we do that, when, then we see the growth. So check this out. We see the, the footpath. The foot we see the rocky soil. The last two is the thorns. Ooh, the thorns. Jesus says this about the thorns. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares of this world and the riches and pleasures of life so they never grow into maturity. So this type of soil, this is pretty simple. It represents people who hear the word, they receive it, they think it's good, but what happens? They're distracted. They're too distracted. It's not that they don't love God's word, it's that they don't love it more than other things. It's kind of like That rich young ruler, we talk about him a lot in church. The rich young ruler, Jesus invited him, hey, follow me. If you'll just give everything and follow me, um, you'll experience a life like no other. But even though that rich young ruler, he had a good heart, he wanted to follow Jesus, he couldn't. He got choked up because he was too distracted. I wonder how many times we come to God's word and we're just too distracted. And it keeps us from growth. This is another one. And then finally, um or actually here, let me give you the equation for that one. God's word plus a distracted heart equals this, stunted growth. So it's not that you don't grow. It's just that you stop growing. You stop growing at the point that you're not willing to seek God over other things. And the last thing is the good ground. And as we, as we get ready to close, Jay, you can throw some, some pad on the good ground. I hope everybody wants to be this kind of soil. The good ground Jesus says, and the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, they cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. Here's here's what I want us to see. The equation that God's word plus a pure heart equals growth. God's word plus a pure heart equals growth. And I I want you to know um, that you're not just one of these types of soil all the time. Like you're not just always a thorny type of soil or always a good type of soil or always a rocky soil or even a wayside soil. In fact, as I've been processing and just thinking about this word and getting ready to to teach it to you guys, what I've realized is I flip-flop between all of these soils like every day. Like every day, I go from being in good soil to distracted soil to, to, to rocky soil where I'm not relying on the Holy Spirit to wayward soil where I'm just not even understanding the power that I'm holding when I read it. Then going back to good soil, are you tracking with me? Like, you're not just one type of soil all the time, we all go between these different soils all of the time, right? But what I hope you want, which is what I want, is to be in the good soil more than the rest. Like, I want to be in the good soil as much as I can. I know I can't be in the good soil 100% of the time, but I want to be in it more than all the others. How do we do that? How do you and I stay in good soil so we can experience the growth? I don't know about you. I want to experience the growth that God's word has in my life. How do we do it? Here's how we do it. God's word grows in a guarded heart. Write that down if you're taking notes. God's word It grows in a guarded heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else. So your heart is important. What are you letting inside your heart? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines what? The entire course of your life. Dang. Guard your heart above all else. So I feel like the Holy Spirit gave this to me. And I want you to write this down. And this is something I'm going to start doing when I come into a message to hear God's word, or when I go in my quiet time to sit down and read God's word. It's this: it's a check heart status. I think this is something you and I can do every time before we get in God's word is ask these four questions, and it's a check heart status. It's us coming to God's word and saying, "Hey, before I get into this, how's my heart?" How's my heart? Am I ready for this? Here's the first one. Here's the first question. Write this down. Is my heart hard or soft? What does that mean? This is what you're asking. Do I really want to understand? Like, do I really want to know what God says, or am I just coming to do this? Because it's a chore. It's just something I need to do. Heart check status. Is my heart hard or, or soft? Second one is this. Is my heart dry? What is that question asking? Am I relying on the Holy Spirit's help or my own help? That's an important question to ask when you sit down to read God's word. Is my heart dry? Am I doing this by myself or am I saying, hey, Jesus, what do you mean? Holy Spirit, what do you mean? Next question is this Is my heart choked out? What does that mean? Am I distracted? Am I thinking about something else? Am I focused on something else? Is there something that I might need to cut away for a while? Not because it's evil or bad, or maybe it is. But is there something that needs to be cut away right now? And the, fa- the last question is this. Is my heart pure? What is this? What are we asking when we say this? Am I willing to hear God's word? Am I willing to trust it? And this one's important. Jesus talks about this in the parable. Am I willing to be patient? I think these are really important questions that you and I can start asking ourselves before we get into God's word. And I think this could be the disconnect. And I think when we do this, this can be the connection point that every single time you and I get in God's word, we're not just reading it. We're having an encounter with the living God asking these questions. How's my heart? Is my heart soft? Is it dry? Is it distracted or is it pure? Before we head into small groups, I want to invite everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. I know this series has been kind of dense. We've been... We've been going deep in this series, talking about God's word. And we're doing it on purpose. We're going deep because it's important for you to understand God's word for yourself. I'm proud of you guys for being here and wanting to listen and learn. And we need to be under pastors and we need to go to church and hear messages. But we also need to know how to understand God's word for ourselves. And we should be able to encounter God's word for ourselves. And so, right now, I think maybe a good question for us to ask the Holy Spirit is what kind of soil have I been recently? Holy Spirit, what kind of soil have I been recently? Have I been pure soil? Have I been patient? Have I been rocky soil? Have I been trying to do this on my own without your help, Holy Spirit? Am I distracted right now? Whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit's showing to you, whatever soil he's showing to you, I want you to know he's not showing it to you for you to feel shame or, or to feel guilty for, for being that type of soil because guess what? We've all been there. We've all done that probably today. In any moment, we have the opportunity and the the ability to become good soil. Right now, you can even commit to become good soil today. There's a scripture where there's a guy named Zacchaeus, and he was a a tax collector. He was bad soil. (laughs) He cheated people. But he experienced God. He experienced an encounter with Jesus, experienced his word, and in a moment, he became good soil. And you can choose to do that, too. Jesus, make me good soil tonight. Father God, I thank you so much for every student here. And I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive. It's not dead. It's powerful and active. And it can help every single person in this room. And I pray that you would help us to guard our hearts this week. Help us to guard our hearts, to keep good soil in our heart, so we can see you grow something powerful a hundred times what you planted in our lives And I thank you that every single student in this room has the ability to not just be good soil, but to understand your word. But we can't do it without you. So we ask for your help. And we ask that you would help us, even as we go into small group, to understand your word even more clearly. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said...